Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew. Happy Monday. It is a great week, a great Monday. Looking forward to Text Talk. Me too. Looking forward to what God's Word says in Psalm 40. Psalm 4-0, a psalm of David to the choir master. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward Toward us, none can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me, for evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord! As for me, I am poor and needy. But the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Wow, to hear the king, David, refer to himself as the poor and the needy, uh, this sort of self-abasing language, it's really something. It's really something. There's a lot of humility coupled with the praise of God in this particular psalm. I do not want to take that and and erase what the Scripture demonstrates about how we are supposed to, as Christians, as children of God, relate with those who are financially poor and needy. Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. think there's something that often gets overlooked, because David calls himself that over and over and over again in here. And the poor and needy in this context is not the person who is financially poor. He's king. Right. He He's the king. He's the richest guy in the land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he is poor and needy mm-hmm. because of the spiritual issues that are going on in his life and because of the enemies that have come against him. So I I think it's interesting that you bring that up. I was actually thinking about that myself there at the end. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's it's something. And so, you know, let's let's dive into this idea a little bit of spiritually poor, spiritually needy. Mm. I'm seeing here in this psalm where there seems to be confession mixed in, all sure. right? Certainly he declares that he has been confessing the goodness and greatness of God to anyone who will listen uh, in the assembly, and he has not held his tongue. But at the same time, there is this confession to God uh, about his own wickedness or sins, I guess, numbered even as the hairs on his head. More than the hairs of his head. That is, I think, a striking image there. Which, for some people, is more sins than others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people have more hairs on their head than others. I'm just saying. So I, I know we we think of different connections, but one of my favorite passages in the New Testament is where when the Lord talks about the the love and the knowledge of God for people, He would say that even the hairs of your head are numbered, mm-hmm. and you know, and in that context, it speaks to again God's knowledge, I guess, and an understanding, but in a but in a in a manner of provision, yeah. And this is, I guess, the other side of that coin, that for God to have such knowledge of you, even the hairs of your head are numbered, I mean, that that means he knows the bad stuff, too. He has a complete and total knowledge of you. What becomes surprising about this psalm is that we've we've automatically jumped over the first half here as we've gone to the last half, looking at the poor needy, the spiritual stuff that's going on. Because the first half of this psalm is, you've delivered me. It's wonderful. Things are great. It's But then it ends with, hey, I need you to deliver me. And this causes people some problems about what what's happening here. Mm-hmm, in fact, mm-hmm. to the degree that there are scholars, and of course we don't have the video for people to see me using the air quotes. Yeah. I shouldn't deny that they're scholars. They're very smart and very studied, probably know more than me. And yet I cannot, I don't know why we come to Psalms like this and the statement being, ah, this must have been two different Psalms that are just sandwiched together. Mm-hmm. We, because because clearly verses 1 through 11 do not go along with verses 12 through 17. Is that where it ends? Yeah, 12 through yeah, 17. Yeah, well, even as you were reading, I, I, I noticed the shift in verse 12 myself. I oh, made a note there. Yeah. There's a shift. Now, and and by the way, there is this argument that is made that when you get to verse 13, mm-hmm. verse 13 through the end is actually separated out as its own psalm in Psalm 70. Uh-huh. With okay. a few minor changes in Psalm 70, there's more emphasis on the name Elohim, mm-hmm. whereas here Yahweh is used again and again and again. There it's Elohim and a couple of minor changes of wording, but it's basically that as the psalm. And so there are some that say, ah, see, somebody wrote this as a separate psalm and then mm-hmm. just crashed it on to verses 1 through 12. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Why would anybody do that? Why would it be? Okay. Back up. Why would anybody do what? Why would anybody... Are you talking about a Bible writer rewriting a psalm, or are you talking about why would anybody think that there's some redaction here? Oh, oh, I'm confused on... Okay, let me clarify. I'm confused on who who you were talking about. If the theory is there are two different psalms, and some later editor crunched them together... Okay, okay. My question is, why? This is causing us a problem because we think these two psalms, supposed two psalms are so disparate and so distinct that it has to be two different psalms, that leaves the question, if they are that different, if they don't go together at all, Mm -hmm. why would some later editor decide, 
that they go together. That they go together. Yeah, great it, question. If we're going to make this big, huge, hairy deal that no original author would have thought that these two psalms went together, these have to be two separate psalms. Why would a later editor put them together? Yeah. If an original author wouldn't do it, why would somebody after the fact? So, I mean, you, you can almost understand if you had two psalms that were very similar and mm -hmm. a later editor say, ah, these go together. Yeah, Boom, put them yeah. together. So just the mere fact that there is such a distinction, what that should cause us to really wrestle with is not, oh, somebody just put two psalms together. What we need to ask is, wait a minute, why did somebody, I mean, even if it is a later editor, we still have to ask, well, then why are they together? Why did anybody anywhere think these two segments go together? I think Occam's Razor, the simplest answer is David, the original author, wrote this psalm. He wrote the entire psalm. Yeah. That's the simplest thing. So David wrote this thinking this goes together. Why? Because the last half of the psalm demonstrates where David is right now. Mm -hmm. The last half of the psalm demonstrates where David is as the psalm is being written, as the psalm is being memorialized. And so if he is in the midst of the trial, if he is in the midst of the turmoil, then what's the first half of the psalm? This is his basis for the last half. He is remembering two things. One what God has done in the past mm -hmm. to deliver him before. Right. And two, how David himself reacted to these earlier deliverances, mm -hmm. which leaves us with, to me, what is this most powerful point is that David is basically writing this psalm that says, well, Lord, here I am again. Here I am again. Here I am again. I did it again. Yeah. I'm stuck here again. I messed up again. I sinned again. I'm in turmoil again. I'm mm -hmm. in a trial again. Mm -hmm. These enemies are after me again. Here I am again. You've delivered me in the past. You, you brought me out in the past, and I praised you for it in the past, and I declared your glory in the past, and, and here I am again. And this time, no matter what caused it the last time, at least I have to say this time, it's, it's, it's my fault because I'm here because of these, um, you know, iniquities that are more than the hairs of my more head than the hairs of my head so here is this beautiful message in a psalm that uh, says eloquently our god is the god of second chances and we need him to be that because we sin again we fail again and we know the appropriate response is to uh, humble ourselves cry out for his deliverance and forgiveness we want to continue that praise with complete integrity that that's who our God is and, and he will. Um, but in the meantime, there is guilt and shame and perhaps even fear. What if this time I've gone too far? Mm. Here I am again. I recall a conversation I had with a friend years ago. We were talking about the parable of the prodigal, and he just talked about how much he loved the parable of the prodigal, that, you know, this this prodigal goes off into the far country, and he comes back to the father, and the father receives him. And what a great picture that is, he said. And, you know, and I love that, that parable. He said, however, what I need is the parable about the son who goes off into the far country, comes back, and is delivered by the father, and then goes back out to the far country. His dad gets up the next day, and he's run off. Yeah. And, and then he comes back and the father receives him and, and then he goes back off to the far country again. He said, that's the one I need. He said, because that's who I've been. Well, I think we've got that right here in Psalm okay. 40. David is here. I am again, Lord. Here, mm -hmm. And what is he allowed to do? He's allowed to bring it to the Lord. God himself has anchored this in a Psalm and said, this return to me is allowed. It's inspired. 
Mm-hmm. Now, nothing about this, I know we have to say this every time this comes up, nothing about this is saying what you have is permission to go off into the far country. No. Nothing about this is saying, don't worry how you live, just sin as much as you want. But what it is saying is, when you find yourself saying, well, here I am again, Lord. Go back to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. We've got this beautiful psalm where David is is wrestling with these things spiritually with God, honestly. And we can place ourselves there. I mean, what a great connection to be the prodigal who runs off again. And yet we are supposed to be taught, and I think this gets very explicit in the New Testament, that just as God is gracious with us, a God of second chances with us, so we must be gracious towards others and willing to forgive others and be second chance people for them. Uh, When Peter asked the Lord, how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? Mm. Seven times. And the Lord's response, seven times 70. Mm. And then to go and tell a parable uh, about a fellow who is forgiven a huge debt, the kind of debt that would take multiple lifetimes to repay, uh, but then would go out and, and, uh, you know, choke his his uh, his neighbor the, a fellow servant and cast him into prison because he owes him a pittance and the 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 lord the master is so enraged that this fellow could not forgive this lesser debt when he had been forgiven so much and i think about what about this situation where the sins i have committed are like the hairs on my head and and I cannot find it in myself to forgive someone else, this mm. most small thing. This this is the kind of psalm that we need to rehearse in our mind and sing and praise God because it's going to teach us and change us to be forgiving to others. Man, I appreciate you going there. I hadn't I hadn't taken this psalm to that level, so that's really helpful to me. I appreciate that. What are you learning from the psalms? What uh, how is it helping you? How's it helping you know about God more? How 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 are they helping you know what you're supposed to do more? Uh, as as Andrews brought that out about us being like God, forgiving as He forgives. I think Jesus said something about that. So I hope. Uh, yeah, Matthew six fourteen. Hope yeah. we're hope we're learning that. What what are you learning? We'd love to hear from you. And if you need some help, if you find that you're there again, and and you need some help coming back to the Lord, please email us text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to help you. Andrew, let's wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this Psalm 40, for David moved to writing it, for all that has transpired through the years that we're able to read it today and meditate upon this teaching. We celebrate how you are glorified and magnified in the first part of the psalm. And we are humbled, Father, as David confesses his need for forgiveness and need for you, that we find ourselves there as well. Father, as we're looking at ourselves in the mirror today and the hairs on our head. May we be reminded and mindful of how we need your grace and mercy ultimately in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that we can come to you when we are there again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.